0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio. How are you? Good Sunday afternoon to you. And I am thrilled to be able to say that you are hearing my voice live. I love it when we get to do this live show um, or do this show live um, because I love hearing from listeners. So get ready to call in at 952-946-6205. Every time I give you that number, I don't know why, but I point to it on the wall. And so you are we are not only live, but we're on Facebook Live. So if you want to go to Facebook on AM 950, you'll be able to see the show absolutely live. And I'll just stop saying that word. I have a great show today with my friend, um, and uh, uh, who also happens to be a judge, uh, Bruce Peterson, But let me, before I get to um, Bruce, let me just say a couple of things. One is we are looking for callers to call in who have had experience, um, either they or their loved one or a friend who have gone through one of what are called the problem solving courts in Hennepin County, the drug court, the DUI court, the veterans court, the mental health court, and there's even a court for homeless people, or somebody who has an interest in understanding how the problem solving courts Work. So call in at 952-946-6205. And, and finally, for those who have never heard me before, my name is Ellie. If you're on Facebook Live right now, you're looking at a chick with long blonde hair, fairly good looking. I, you know not, uh, and, um, and, But I sound like a man. And the reason for that is I am transgender, one of relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Okay, we're done with that. Here we go. I have an esteemed guest with me today, the Honorable Bruce Peterson, but it's the last time we're going to talk Honorable, because Bruce Peterson is also a dear friend of mine. He is a judge with the 4th Judicial District in in Hennepin County. He's a graduate of Yale Law School. He's been on the bench since 1999. Um, uh, Bruce, welcome to Hidden Edges Radio.
1: Thanks, Ellie. Thank you for having me. I was very pleased to hear from you.
0: Yeah, I'm really thrilled that you are here and um and thank you for being on my show it's been one of those things that i've wanted to do for quite a while so just really thrilled to have you here now if we have time i want to hear more about your trip down south too okay well that's uh, we'll try and do that um and so uh um you're going to need to sit a little bit closer to the mic judge um so there you go all right so um what I wanted to talk about was the, the idea of um, integrative law, because you've written an article about it, and let me begin by quoting that article, it came out in um, a legal journal called the, the uh, Bench and Bar, put out by the Minnesota State Bar Association, um, and, uh, and I, I wanted to just quote a piece from that, okay? So there's a paragraph in this article about integrating spirituality, law, and politics. And here's what the the piece reads, the paragraph. Quote, One of the beauties of the American legal system has been its adaptability to meet the needs of a changing society. Human Human rights laws, social safety net legislation, environmental protections, and public defenders were unheard of 100 years ago. The new challenges involving involve enhancing human connections. These days, with the proliferation of smartphones and social media, it seems like our children and grandchildren are almost literally in each other's heads most of the time. And how long can any of us survive disconnected from food, water, energy, and information grids?" Unquote. And what this suggests to me is that there's a movement afoot about how humans are connected. And I have you here today, even though you're a judge, I have you here today as a human who understands about human connections. So do you want to explain to me um, what is going on? What is this concept of integrative law?
1: Um, uh, Thanks, Ellie. Um, You know, one of the best examples is uh, collaborative law. My co-author of this article was Stu Webb. Here in Minnesota, we're uh, fortunate to be the uh, the birthplace of a growing movement around the country and around the world uh, called, called collaborative law, uh, where lawyers uh, commit themselves to resolving matters peacefully without going to court, and uh, Stu's been a leader in that movement. But there are a series of uh, reforms and procedures that are really, <laughs> I'm not, I, I won't say revolutionary, revolutionizing, I'll say evolutionizing uh, our legal system collaborative law, restorative justice, problem-solving courts, procedural fairness, holistic law, transformative mediation. I, I can, we can talk more about those specific things, but they all have in common the fact that instead of the typical legal uh, uh, procedure which separates people and makes them adversaries, they focus on connecting people and um, uh, recognizing our ultimate oneness with each other, and therefore, they're much more successful than uh, the typical legal proceedings.
0: Well, this sounds very Buddhist to me, and um, you know, one of the tenets of Buddhism is the fact that all humans are interconnected. I mean, maybe uh, you could speak about one of the one of the courts. Uh, for example, uh, take the DUI court. How is that? How is that different? How does that bring in? Um, you know, integrative law principles.
1: You know, um, Ellie, you went right to Buddhism, and that's fine, and we can talk about that. And in fact, uh, Stu Webb is a much more articulate spokesman about Buddhism than I am. But in fact, um, science is now uh, recognizing and affirming the same sort of uh, facts of interconnectedness that spiritual traditions have taught us uh, throughout the generations. Uh, We have new brain scan uh, technology, which is a new uh, tool, which is showing that the same area of the brain is stimulated by rewards and contributions. Medicine is finding that the frequency of use of the words I, me, and mine is a stronger predictor of mortality from heart disease than blood pressure or cholesterol level. The well-known popular columnist David Brooks has written about this, He says that uh, joining a group that meets just once a month produces the same happiness gain as doubling your income. So we can talk about Buddhism or we can talk about science. Uh, The result is the same, that uh, uh, pitting people against each other's adversaries is not the most effective way to resolve their problems or help them uh, move forward with their lives. Yeah, you want? Yes, I lost the question. It okay. was about problem solving.
0: That's all right. Hold on a second. I just want to put a shout out. If you, if you, um, or a loved one, or somebody you know has gone through one of the problem solving courts, which are like the drug court, or the DUI court, or the veterans court, or the mental health court, or the homeless court. There are many different courts. Uh, problem-solving courts in Hennepin County. Give us a call. We'd like to hear about your experience or their experience at 952-946-6205. So, Bruce, what I was asking is, let's take the the DUI court, for example. How is that problem-solving court different than if somebody just ordinarily is in criminal court for a drunk driving arrest?
1: Well, um, Typical drug driving arrest, a person has an opportunity to plead guilty or go to trial. Uh, There will be a a sentence or a sanction of some sort if they're found guilty or plead guilty. And uh, they'll presumably be on probation or have some requirements in the next year or two. And then they're done. There's um, There's no continuing involvement with the judge or with the court system. The focus is on blame and punishment. Another word for problem-solving courts is treatment courts. And um, the basic format is the participants meet with a judge and a treatment team once a week and and later uh, less often as they become more more advanced. But meets frequently, develops relationships with people. uh, Every week or two or three, they report in on how they're doing and what's happening. And there's a team uh, support and accountability function that uh, moves people towards graduation and uh, hopefully sobriety without spending time in jail or going through a traditional probation.
0: So who is part of this team for, um, with the DUI court?
1: Uh, with the DUI court, it would be uh, treatment providers, uh, uh, probation officers. Uh, there's a police officer on the D, uh, DUI team, uh, the judge. The judge. Um, a prosecutor, public defender. There are, you know, the, the, the legal interests are protected by lawyers. Uh, but um, every court session, they meet and discuss every case and uh, see how people are doing. And if there's a need for holding people accountable, that's done. More often, there's rewards and um, a celebration of
0: successes. Okay, so. So it's not the adversarial system. It is one that is more geared towards getting somebody to move in life from a place of of discomfort where they're hurting to a place more of success. Do I have that right?
1: You have that right. And let me give you just a few more specifics. I was never a judge in DWI court. I did uh, manage the uh, the drug court for three years and um, Ellie, it was really remarkable. We had people who had cycled through the court system multiple times, uh, who had been blamed and shamed every time. Who been as made, an addict. As an addict. Yep. Who'd been made to feel something was wrong with them. And um, uh, Our team would take people as they were. Uh, we would start with them when they were down and out at the bottom. We would establish simple, doable goals for them. And we would watch them every week, two, three, four weeks Uh, accomplish one thing after another. We had many people say, uh, you saw something in me I never saw in myself.
0: Okay, so it's, and this actually folds into the kind of work that I'm doing across the country training about human inclusivity. When we come back from our break, I'll talk more about how that work maybe folds into your work. Um, We're talking with uh, Judge Bruce Peterson, who is with the 4th Judicial District in Hennepin County, that's in Minneapolis, about integrative law, a new concept on how to um, be holistic as it relates to offenders. We'd love your calls at 952-946-6205 when we come back from our break. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of only a handful of transgender radio hosts in the world with Hidden Edges Radio. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com, sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, or email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. We'll be back after this break. Thank you. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority.
1: Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking.
0: No one offers more ways to save on appliances than Minnesota specialists at Warner Stellion. Our nine Minnesota locations offer more brands at prices we promise won't be beat. Our customers expect to save money, but they tell us that our sales, delivery, and installation specialists are the number one reason they choose Warner Stellion. Now through February 26th, Warner Stellion has hundreds of top-rated appliances on sale at prices that will impress even the most demanding shopper. Choose Warner Stellion. We promise you're going to love your new appliances. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV, and chronic illness. Trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program if you or someone in your life could benefit from guidance and coping skills life balance and other tools necessary for long-term recovery check them out at pride or call 800-547-7433 now Welcome back to AM 950 and Hidden Edges Radio. This is Ellie Krug, your host on this esteemed program. And I have an esteemed guest, uh, Judge Bruce Peterson uh, from the 4th Judicial District, who happens to also be a dear friend of mine. Bruce, before we broke, we were were talking about, quote unquote, the problem-solving courts, which are part of this integrative law approach that Uh. takes us out of the adversarial system where frankly in the adversarial system we're beating people down mm-hmm. and, and and instead trying to build them up i mean do i have that right exactly, exactly. all right so talk if you could more about we, this we, and, and we... Uh, listeners if you want please call in about it. i mean this mm. is revolutionary 9529466205 we would love to hear from you go ahead with um, with problem solving courts we use the phrase you can't punish someone into
1: health and so many uh, criminal problems are caused because people have uh, neurological imbalances or trauma in their background that affects their ability to cope and act uh, wisely and calmly. And uh, punishment and shame and blame just makes those things worse.
0: Right. And all we do is once they get into the system, it's a recycling. They are just they are churning through the system over and over again.
1: Uh, Problem-solving courts have... Uh, have developed mostly in the areas in the criminal system where there is that repeat uh, cycling that's going on. Uh, addiction, uh, homelessness, uh, mental health issues, uh, and that's
0: where it's easiest to see that uh, the, the, the blame game does no good. And and so, but the problem-solving courts, you know, on DUI and, and uh, mental health and the vets, these are these are not courts that are applicable to everyone coming through the system, right? They're, n- they're not, no. And why, is, why, why aren't they more widespread? Why don't we have a system that is just totally, you know, um, integrated towards lifting people up? You know, I mean, there are the few that are the sociopaths that no one is gonna be able to reach, but that's not the vast majority of humans.
1: You know, Ellie, it's interesting the way this field has developed. Uh, first with drug courts. Uh, then with DWI courts, then with more and more different kinds of applications, and there's others we could talk about too, where creative people in the criminal and other justice systems are seeing that the basic model of a careful assessment of where someone's at, the development of a recovery plan, and and an accountable series of, uh, of benchmarks and steps with a supportive team is a very effective process. Now, I've heard people say that uh, this could be applied to many other criminal cases also. Um, I think there are, um, I think there's political and systemic issues that have to be resolved at this point. Generally, uh, violent criminals are not eligible for problem-solving courts. Although I've heard sociologists say that. Um, uh, violence often results from the same sort of factors, trauma, yep. uh, uh, mental abuse, uh, mental imbal- neurological <clears throat> imbalance that uh, is susceptible to, um, to treatment and recovery. So I believe now we see silos developing in each field. I believe at some point those silos are going to merge and converge in a more comprehensive way.
0: Just it's fat, for me as a lawyer – you know, and I did many mainly civil work, but I also was a nonprofit executive director working with people trying to access the criminal justice system. I, it, the idea that we would step back and look at people going through the system, look at them as humans versus offenders. To me, it's a revolutionary idea. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. If you've been through one of the problem-solving courts or you want to know more about it, here is your chance. I mean, how often do you get to talk to actually a judge on the air? Although he cannot talk about cases or anything like that. The number is 952-946-6205. You know, Ellie, you mentioned your, your civil work. In this field of integrative
1: law, there are developments in every legal field which build on the same elements of support and connection instead of blaming and shaming. I mentioned collaborative law in the family area. Um, uh, Generally, in court proceedings now, we are trying to follow the, uh, the guidelines of procedural fairness or procedural justice, which is an orientation towards judging that was uh, promoted and developed by our own Judge Kevin Burke, former uh, uh, president of the American Judges Association. The revolutionary insight of procedural fairness is that people care as much about how they're treated in court. We're social beings. We care about how how other people respond to us, how they appreciate and affirm us. People care as much about that as they do about the result. And that cuts across all areas of law, civil, family. Right.
0: right. And, and what I hear, um, and I did not mean to cut you off, What I, I mean, one of the things when I was practicing as a trial lawyer I heard is that the client could accept the result as long as they felt that the, the process was fair, that they were being heard, that type of thing. You know, I was very
1: heartened to see that the the themes of procedural fairness are now being applied beyond the court system. The Minneapolis Police Department has a unit that trains, I believe all new cadets now are trained in procedural justice. The concepts are that people are treated with respect, who are listened to, who are uh, where the authority figures portray themselves as a, a neutral and unbiased authority. People who are treated like that, they're more likely to obey the law they're more likely to act in a polite respectful manner themselves and so our police department and I believe others have now recognized that see that <laughs> the reason this works is because it's human nature it's the way we are when people treat us well we respond well.
0: right well and you know I mean I do watch some of the cop shows. You know, and, um, and and it's very telling. You can see different results when they are respectful with the person that they've intercepted or they're speaking with versus they're out of the car ordering somebody, you know, not even listening to what the person said. I mean, I watched a show on HBO uh, this week about uh, a police officer who stopped a, a black woman for speeding and ended up, you know— Beating her, I mean, because yeah. she didn't understand what was going on, and he would not take the time to explain it in a, in, a, in a calm and civil voice.
1: The reason we're calling this field integrative law is because it's integrating a series of fundamental truths about human nature that have been applied throughout cultures and traditions for centuries. Science is now affirming people treated respectfully who are given support who are appreciated, respond better. And you can apply that to, to law. You can apply that to, to policing. You can apply that to business. You can apply that to education. Um, restorative justice, which is another very significant develop, is having its, some of its biggest successes in schools.
0: Correct, yeah.
1: Where, where, where children who, who have been disciplinary problems, who might have been suspended or shamed in some way, not a very obviously uh, successful solution, Are now um, given a chance to explain their point of view, to hear from others how their disruption has harmed the community, and given an opportunity to make amends. It's been a very successful program, and they're doing a lot of that's being done
0: here in Minneapolis. Well, and when we come back, I want to talk more about how stereotypes either work or or hurt um, um, integrated. collaborative law, integrative justice. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug. I've been talking to Judge Bruce Peterson about um, integrative law. There you go, Elle. We'd love to hear from you. We've got one last segment with him at 952-946-6205. If you like what you hear, visit my website at at elliekrug.com. When we come back, we'll talk to Judge Peterson some more. Thanks. Brending electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, micro-needling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Mose Tax Service on Ford Parkway in St. Paul has been preparing tax returns since 1971. They're one of the most successful independently owned tax services in the country with a diverse team of highly trained and screened tax preparation experts. Tax laws and forms are always changing, and you need someone who is a dedicated tax preparation professional. Visit www.moestax.com, that's M-O-H-S-tax.com, or give them a call, 612 612 seven two one two zero two six most tax service they work for you not the irs this is Dan Brooks, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor with RBC Wealth Management. For the past 19 years, I've been managing wealth for individuals, institutions, and corporate retirement plan sponsors. Throughout my career, I have seen common traits in successful investors. They
1: include the courage to be diversified, the willingness to work with a professional, the discipline to follow a plan,
0: and patience. I welcome the opportunity to help contribute to your financial success. Call me at 612 371 2396. Hi, it's Tom inviting you to the Blue State Ball VIP reception on Saturday, March 10th at the Blaisdell. VIP starts at 530, where you can meet and take selfies with me, Norman Goldman, and other AM 950 hosts. The reception is a hosted bar with Butler Pastor d'oeuvres, great music from Paul Metza, and signed book giveaways. Then stick around for general admission at 7. So come mingle with me, Norman Goldman, and other AM 950 hosts during the Blue State Ball VIP reception. VIP tickets are at am950radio.com. I'll see you at the Blue State Ball. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. This is Pat with PJW Automotive in New Brighton. I've been in business long enough to know that if you want to stand out, you better be the best. That's why I've assembled a top-notch team of automotive specialists who do the job right the first time. Bringing your car or truck to PJW Automotive is an investment in the future of your vehicle. Try us once and you'll see it's worth the drive to PJW Automotive. One exit north of 694 on 35W and online at PJWauto.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today will be mostly sunny with a high near 31, and tonight expect clear skies with a low around 15. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 38, and Tuesday partly sunny with another high of 38. Eat local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is the Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe. Their menu features dishes ranging from vegetarian sandwiches to fresh burgers. Open Sunday through Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Wednesday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Come visit them at 2601 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Welcome back to AM 950 and Hidden Edges Radio, where we take on issues relative to surviving the human condition and talk about how we treat each other and ourselves, particularly as to what it means to live life authentically and with inclusivity towards others. I've been speaking with Judge Bruce Peterson from uh, the 4th Judicial District, Hennepin County, uh, Minneapolis about uh, the integrative law, the problem-solving courts that they have going. We would love to have your calls at nine five two nine four six six two zero five. When do you ever get a chance to talk to a judge and ask a judge about what it's like to be human? I mean, it really is that you know. And Bruce, what what we have been talking about really is surviving the human condition. You know, people who find themselves in front of you or other judges are certainly at at crisis mode as it relates to their lives, as it relates perhaps to the lives they've affected of others. And in many ways, I mean, in my experience, very limited, um, is that standing in front of a judge can be a turning point for someone. And if you employ what you've been talking about here about humanity— about compassion towards the person in front of you. And maybe we also need to talk about the you know, the victims of, of um, you know, crimes as well. But if you employ compassion, are you seeing that literally people are turning their lives around? And if, and if they were not in front of you if they, if it was a, or one of your colleagues who are doing this kind of work, this compa- what I call compassionate law, um, judging work – is it possible they would go in a whole different direction, that their lives could, instead of going upwards, they could go downwards?
1: Well, I certainly have had, uh, had many participants in uh, problem-solving courts who have told me that they might not be alive if they hadn't had that opportunity. But um, I think that the opportunity to be respectful of people and make a positive impact in their lives in the court system, uh, it, 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 it cuts across all the different kinds of law. I spent a lot of time in, uh, in family court, and um, I had many low-income fathers in particular who told me that because I appreciated what they were trying to do and that they were trying to be good fathers, that that sort of gave them optimism and hope about doing a better job at it. Um, uh, many people in our civil courts are not represented. We, we have people who come in on um, credit card collection cases or whatever it is and uh, where there's not much of a defense, but uh, being treated respectfully, uh, being listened to, um, maybe uh, uh, having their life circumstances, health crisis, or whatever has caused the the, the, the financial problems affirmed, um, is very important to them. I have I had people say that, and that's why this field of procedural fairness, procedural justice, is uh, so significant. And, um, Uh, In my 20 years on the bench, nearly 20 now, um, things have changed a lot. We're being trained in these things. We're being trained in procedural fairness. We're being trained in implicit bias. We're being trained in ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, which is a very uh, far-reaching but simple tool for understanding how people's past traumatic experiences influence their adult behavior. So the court system Dispenses justice, but I think it's also uh, evolving towards, as you say, more humanity.
0: Well, and and I, you know, I've been um, when I, I did run my nonprofit, I was a big advocate of connecting social workers with lawyers because um, you know lawyers uh, are good at the law, but a lot of lawyers do not like to deal with the 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 trauma associated with having a court case or something like that, and you know my. Um, My take on all of this is that when you talk about ACEs, about the the trauma that, that happens younger, you know, for people younger in life when they were children, I mean, a lot of this does go back to childhood. A lot of it goes back to seeing, I mean, and seeing things. I mean, we have this idea that trauma is you've got to be slapped, you know, or that you've got to be hit. But trauma is a much larger thing. I mean, it's just simply hearing or witnessing. And it can be just as as much as just a five-minute incident, but it can scar you for the rest of your life.
1: Well, one of the revelations of the ACEs study, which was initially done by the the CDC and Kaiser Permanente in California in the late 1990s, and has now been replicated in every state, is how many people have ACE scores. Uh, Most of us have had some form of traumatic experience. Um, I we, we can talk more about this sometime, but I've come to realize some of the things in my own background, some bullying and things that I thought I had a pretty uh, smooth sailing, had a traumatic effect on me. And um, I, I, I'm starting to realize I have to deal with that. But um, uh, uh, that has become uh, systematized. There are now You can get your ACEs score. It's not hard to do and it gives you some idea about the likelihood of your adult uh, behavior being affected by childhood trauma. I want to follow up on one thing you said about social workers. Um, One of the uh, prongs of integrative law is called holistic practice. You know, for a long time, uh, lawyers would take a case (laughs) and try to avoid enmeshment in uh, other issues in a client's life because often it's so complicated. Well, uh, the holistic approach is: you don't have a case; you have a client. Uh, I teach a class at uh, the University of Minnesota called uh, "Lawyers as Peacemakers," and our speaker <laughs> on Tuesday is a friend of mine who's the uh, head of the Georgia Justice Project, where where every client comes in the door, they get a lawyer and a social worker. <laughs> they recognize that most of their, most of their criminal tr- clients have have trauma backgrounds. They also realize most of them will be convicted or spend time in some sort of uh, criminal supervision. They stick with them. They're clients for life. They support them through their incarceration, maintain contact with their families. For a long time, they were running a landscaping company to provide easy employment, readily available employment for people coming out of prison. You know, this is a model of what it means to be a lawyer in an integrative law practice.
0: Well, so the question I have for you, Metrics. So you've got, you know, there's this concept of recidivism—people who, you know, reoffend, who you know go through the system once, then and then are caught or have some kind of interaction with the system again. What are, what is the success rate for the problem-solving courts that have this integrative approach, compared to the success rate for just traditional courts where it is a kind of a, you know, a punishment type of of uh, orientation?
1: Well, let me let me just give you a couple of metrics. Uh, in the latest uh, Department of Justice study nationwide uh, of people released from prisons, uh, approximately two-thirds would be rearrested within the, the, the next three years. Right. And nearly half would be reconvicted of something. So the metrics for the current system are not very uh, promising. They are not. And by and large, problem solving courts, I don't have the specific statistics at, at, at my hand, hands right now, but they tend to be 15, 20, 25% more successful with the most difficult. CNR. in, our, in our, it's a drug court, for example, is a very resource intensive project. Uh, those services are reserved for the most serious uh, 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 addicts, uh, chemically dependent people, who would fail otherwise in other programs. So with the worst offenders, the, the most, not the worst offenders, the most, the most serious addicts, um, the results are much better than the traditional system.
0: Okay, well, and, and again, it's because we see people. I mean, one of the things that I train when I train about human inclusivity is the value, there are three core concepts. One is that understanding that giving of your time actually constitutes compassion. The second element is that Give providing people with dignity at their worst possible moment is critical and the third is the idea of seeing people not like celebrating them not getting on their party bus but just simply understanding seeing them I see you I, I will respect you for who you are um you know, Elliot, one of the
1: reasons I'm so optimistic and hopeful about this development is because the young people are so much better at this than we, we were. Um, you know, I grew up in a relatively racist and homophobic background in Duluth in the 1950s. Uh, my daughter was a teenager in the 1990s, and our house was always full of every, er, people from different races, different sexual orientations, all treated exactly the same. Um, A friend of mine and I taught a class at uh, St. Thomas Law School in the early 2000s on law and social policy, where we talked about all the the hot issues, abortion, gun control, um, and gay marriage. We tried to generate pros and cons uh, on each issue so we'd have stimulating class discussions. We couldn't get any of the kids at that time (laughs) to take the con position about gay marriage. I mean, the, 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 the to, to the kids it was it was a no brainer. Now, I haven't had a time to watch a lot of the coverage of the Parkland ben. aftermath. My wife has been telling me how fabulous these kids are. and um their humanity, you know, there was an effort to demonize this deputy who came over from another building. I think his name was right. Scott Peter. I remember his name because it was Peterson, and didn't go in, right? And uh, one of the girls, like a seventeen year old girl, was invited to criticize him and jump on him as, 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 as a blame factor. And her response is, wait a minute, it's a complicated situation. There was a lot going on. Let's not jump to blame him until we know everything. That's not the issue. And so here's a 17-year-old who's already recognized the, the negative effect and the, the limitations of blaming as social policy.
0: Absolutely i mean i uh, I have spoken about Parkland and and will speak further about Parkland on other shows, and what has struck me about those students is their leadership you know and and we can go off on that tangent, but I think it's interesting that you share that story about the seventeen year old you know in the end um, as i as I say repeatedly, we are all struggling, Bruce, you know we we are all struggling in a variety of ways to make our way through the world. And you end up seeing the people who are struggling the most and whose struggle is showing up on the radar. And I just, you know, we have about a minute and a half left here. I just want to tell you, I I really respect the work that you do. I know, because I know you and I know what you do, I know that you push envelopes in ways that a lot of other judges wouldn't do that. And I respect you for that. I respect that you are willing to be to be soft, to be compassionate. I just want you to know, thank you for that work.
1: Uh, well, um, if we're going to give uh, bouquets to each other, Ellie, I am so admiring of your courage and boldness and what you have done for this community. Uh, you came up here what five or six years ago, something like that, oh, six eight, or seven, eight, eight, eight. <laughs> and uh, right away made an impact with your. Uh, just your courage and your boldness and your willingness to speak up. And um, when I heard you were doing this radio show, I thought that's just great. That fits perfectly. And so um, I'm really glad I could be here.
0: Well, that's great. We've enjoyed having you. I've been speaking with Judge Bruce Peterson from the um, 4th Judicial District, Hennepin County, Minneapolis, um, speaking about integrative law, the problem-solving courts. Bruce, thank you for being on the show. We've loved having you. Thanks, Ellie. Everyone, um, you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of only a handful of transgender radio hosts in the world. That and $3.34 will get you a cup of hot chocolate at Caribou. Um, If you like what you hear, though, I'd love to hear from you at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. I really love hearing from my listeners. And when we come back, I will do my uh, end of the segment show, which is Human is Human. Thanks so very much. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV, and chronic illness. Trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life could benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800 five four seven seven four three three now. fireplaces. This is an important part of our mission at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. We know that the fireplace has to work. Work with your life work with your living space, and also be environmentally smart. Come see us. Learn to burn wise. We have
1: over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Visit our store in person or online at woodlandstoves.com. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977.
0: Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Mishad Cooley-Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley-Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley-Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Welcome back to AM 950 and Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Ellie Krug. I thought that was a fascinating interview with Judge Bruce Peterson. He is a humanist, and I just love it that we have him on the bench. We've got also other humanists on the bench here in Minnesota, which is just quite wonderful. Um, but that approach about, um, seeing people for who they are and respecting them in the court systems is just phenomenal. And now I want to talk about on my segment here, a human is human. I want to talk about some other humanistic experience that I had yesterday. Um, Yesterday, on Saturday of all times, of all days of the week, I went to a fundraising brunch for a nonprofit named Reclaim. It was uh, uh, titled uh, Celebrate the Love Brunch. Now, some of you may know about Reclaim, but I'm going to assume many do not. It is based in St. Paul, it provides mental health counseling and support to LGBTQ youth ages 13 to 25. It has a particular focus on trans youth, and in fact, about 90% of its uh, client base are um, humans who are identify as trans or gender variant. And, um, you know, yesterday here in the Twin Cities, it was uh, the day, the morning after a heavy snowfall uh, that, you know, produced... Um, uh, emergency warnings, you know, um, snow emergency warnings. So we had we had issues about parking. So this is a day after a big snow. We had another snow coming uh, yesterday afternoon. We got the snow emergency in effect. This event takes place over at the Solar Arts Building in Northeast Minneapolis, which has very funky, par- funky parking. And I've got to tell you. I didn't expect that there would be much of a turnout at this event. This turnout, this event on a Saturday morning was attended by 400 people, 400 humans supporting queer and trans youth. In fact, they had so many people there. They, you know, the tickets, they turned people away because they didn't have any more space. And, you know, it was a classic fundraiser where there were a couple of silly games that people played and and we heard some wonderful music and then we heard from some of the speakers. And one of those speakers we heard from was a youth who read a remarkable poem that they authored. And by they, I mean, that's the pronoun that I would use. This this human was um, gender um, nonconforming, gender nonbinary. And I hope that uh, someday I will have Reclaim here on this show. I mean, they're they're just doing phenomenal work. But what I want to talk about, which dovetails into... The conversation I had with Bruce Peterson is the, is the concept of understanding how parts that we believe are separated really are related, and that everything is interconnected. You know, Reclaim captures this brilliantly with their tagline, that he- healing is resistance, quote, healing is resistance, unquote. And it's founded on the idea that healing itself is a form of resistance To the oppression that queer and trans youth face. I mean, let's be realistic here. And I am trans, of course, and so I've got a self-interest in what I am talking with you about right now. But you know what? You bring me another issue about humans facing oppression. I've got a stake in that as well. Any human facing oppression. Right now, they're bombing the hell out of poor Syrian um, families and kids over in Syria, in a suburb of Damascus. So I've got a stake in any human. But with as when it comes to queer youth, to queer and trans youth, let me tell you, right now we have a society that is telling them that they do not matter. We have a government that is repeatedly taking steps to tell them that they do not matter, that in fact, they are not equal. We are rolling back the The um, administration, the Trump administration, is rolling back protections for LGBTQ youth in schools. They're rolling back, of course. We've still got this issue about uh, trans uh, persons serving in the military. uh, Still a little bit up in the air because uh, General Mattis um, is going to, Secretary uh, Mattis is going to issue some kind of pronouncement um, in the next week or so. And so, you know, society is telling these folks that you are the antithesis of us. Um, But Reclaim, as it works with queer and trans youth, has a different philosophy, of course. Their philosophy is that um, we are going to help you heal. And in the process of you being able to heal, you will be more able to be an effective advocate for yourself and for others. And, 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 And... it's just common sense that we as humans, if we're not healthy emotionally or physically, we, we have the inability to resist, to resist oppression, you know, and, and to have a judge come in and, and talk about how the court system is attempting not to be an oppressor. I know he didn't use that word, I'm using that word, but to come in and talk about how the court system is attempting in some segments as it relates to veterans or people with drug addictions or people with alcohol um, addictions, how the court system is attempting to view those people on a human to human basis and give them the resources to succeed, just as Reclaim attempts to give queer youth and trans kids the ability to succeed. Now, I cannot say enough about this organization, Reclaim. Their fundraiser was heartwarming. It was energizing. Those 400 people in there were writing all kinds of checks. And if you'd like to at least find out more about Reclaim and possibly write them a check, you can go to their website at reclaim, R-E-C-L-A-I-M, dot care. Not org, but dot care. Um, And I'm sure that they're willing to take uh, some donations as well. You know, um, I, am, I am trying to run a business um, around uh, speaking across the country. Tomorrow I get on a plane and I fly to New York City to make two talks about uh, training on human inclusivity. I'm running two radio shows. Um, I'm the host of two different radio shows on this lovely station that just seems to love me. And thank you so very much, Chad and team, for believing in me. And in addition to that, I'm a writer. I have a book out there, um, if you want to check it out, memoir. All of those different things. I am trying my best to make this world a different and better place. And I know that many of you listening right now, you are trying to do that as well. Please join me. Please join me in my work. You can go to my website at elliekrug.com. You can read about what I am attempting to do in the world. You can... Um, get on my newsletter, the Ripple that comes out every month. And that means now um, we've got less than a minute, so I need to do some final work here, and that is I need to thank our sponsors, the engineering firm of Michoud Cooley Erickson, the law firm of Zahler Stout & Associates, and now two new sponsors, Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Contact Bev. Let her know that I recommended you. She does great work. I also need to say a big thanks to my producer today, Sam Turnberg. We have not worked together before, but Sam, you've done a great job. You've helped with a couple of technical issues. And to my listeners, please know I really appreciate you. I am grateful for you, and I care about you. I do. I will be back next week. It'll be a tape show, but there you go. And after that, a live show. Take care. Bye-bye.